are starting the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel today as we study this great Old Testament book, and I'm glad that you are with me. And the fifth chapter tells about a king. We mentioned uh, earlier Belshazzar, who was the king of Babylon, and Belshazzar was a, a, a ruthless, godless kind of god. Let's read a little bit about him in chapter 1. King Belshazzar gave a great feast for thousands of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold cab tablets that had, um, goblets, I'm sorry, that had been taken from the temple in Jerusalem, and they drank from them and praised the gods of gold and silver and bronze and wood and stone. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned his enchanters, astrologers, diviners, and they, the wise men, but to tell what it, what it meant, and they, they could not read the writing. So the king was more terrified. The queen, hearing of it all, told him about Daniel, and Daniel was brought. And, and he was asked to interpret the dream. Daniel said, after he'd been offered a lot of gifts to give the interpretation, and he, he, he interpreted the dream and told the king what it meant. This is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, parson. Here is what these words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. What an amazing story. It's the story of what happens when somebody continues to reject the message which God has for them and refuses to believe it. Here are Belshazzar and his leading nobles and their, and their wives were at this great feast and they took the vessels, the sacred vessels from the temple and they were mocking gods what they were doing and they were praising the vile demon gods which had no life and which they worshipped. And as they did so, suddenly, just a human hand began to write on the wall. No arm, no, no, no uh, body, just, just a hand and fingers. And it began to write on the wall. And the Bible says the king was just scared out of his mind almost. And his, his face grew pale and his knees began to shake. And he didn't know what those things what was written there he didn't have an ability to interpret the writing and the bible says often that the fingers of god write in fact uh, when the lord sent the plagues upon the egyptians the magicians admitted to king pharaoh that this is the finger of god they said 
in Exodus 8. Later on, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of the law, which the scripture says in Exodus 31:18 were written with the finger of God. Dr. H.A. Ironside suggests that as they could not give the meaning to what was written there, he says they were written in their own language, but you can't make sense, even though it was written in four, un, four unrelated terms, numbered, numbered, weighed, dividing. That's basically what it said. They could read the words. They just didn't know what it meant. So finally Daniel came. Notice what he declared the words meant. For mine, mine. It means God has numbered your kingdom, Daniel said, and put an end to it. That was declaration. That was the declaration of Daniel as to the first words. The message on the wall was brief. It contained only four or five words. Two of these were the same, but they contained volumes. The kingdom is the time in which they would be able to serve and work because God had put an end to it. See, God is ultimately in control in this world in spite of what people think, in spite of what's going on. He ultimately has the final say. This introduces us to a great truth, that there is a measure and a time to everything. There is a set time when you were born. There's a set time when you will die. Hebrews 9.27 reminds us it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. Between those two set terminals, birth and death, there are a set number of days for me and for you to live. The Bible says we should number our days so that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. You only have so much time. I only have so much time. It's foolish to waste time. It's foolish to presume on time. Your days are appointed. Even those of us who are privileged to live the longest will, will live briefly for our lives are but a vapor, a cloud that appears for a little while. Belshazzar refused God's warning. He rejected God's love. His time was up. His opportunity was over. The door was shut for this story of Belshazzar is the perfect commentary on the verse, the soul that sins, it shall die. During the days of Noah, when God instructed Noah to build an ark, he did, he, he did, because, he did build the ark because he was uh, going to send a, a worldwide flood, and, and Noah obeyed, and Noah went into that ark with the animals and his family, and God shut the door, the Bible says. So today time comes when God shuts the door. The Pharisees, the rulers of Israel, refused to believe that Jesus was the Messiah and the Savior, and their door eventually was shut. They denied the evidence of his miracles, his teachings, and to his, his fulfilling of all the Old Testament prophecies. They would not believe the Holy Spirit was dealing with them, and yet they rejected what they saw and what they heard and what they felt. They refused the evidence and sinned against knowledge. Theirs was an intelligent, willful rejection of the truth over a period of years. They not only rejected the evidence, but they attributed what they saw, which was the work of the Holy Spirit, to Satan and demons. They said Jesus got his power from the devil. By the process of rejecting God's call in truth, they came to a self-imposed blindness. It was a process which ended in a crisis. And this is the deliberate truth that comes to all of us, that there are specific times and moments in our lives that are important. The Bible teaches 
that if we hear the truth and know the truth like the Pharisees did, they deliberately rejected it. They heard it. They saw uh, unbelievable proof with the miracles of Christ, and they refused to, re to receive it. And God says there, are time, there, there comes a time when mercy runs out, and Belshazzar's time had come. His number had been called. His kingdom was finished. His rejection and his blasphemy of God was over. He had refused the truth. He had every reason to know what to do, but he wouldn't do it. There were all kinds of evidences in his background and in the kings that came before him, in the things that God had done with Daniel and others who walked with God. Daniel does not offer or extend an invitation to Belshazzar to do anything. He simply interprets his, the writing that's on the wall and states the facts about it. Now, when Daniel stood before King Nebuchadnezzar years before that and gave him God's warning, he encouraged King Nebuchadnezzar to seek the Lord and to repent and to get right. But he doesn't give such an appeal here. The reason, I think, is God has told him it's too late for Belshazzar. He's had many, many, many opportunities, and, and he was not open himself to the, to the truth. He has rejected the truth. You see, God is very gracious. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But also there does come a time when God says that's it, that's enough, it's over, the opportunity is past. And that's what had happened to Belshazzar. I believe the Bible is saying to all of us that not only those of us who are, don't know Christ the time will run out, but also for those of us who do know Christ to live our lives fully for his glory, we only have now, and time will soon be gone, and if we just fool around and just halfway live the Christian life, then one day we'll wake up and realize we missed the greatest opportunity of our lives to be a witness, to be a testimony, to be a God-man or a God-woman who walked with God and lived his truth. Let's do that today. God bless you. Have a great day.